Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 13. Now in this chapter, we have King Saul's disobedience in refusing to wait for the prophet Samuel to offer the sacrifice before going out to battle against the Philistines. Let's begin by reading the first five verses of the chapter. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in the mountains of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it, said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as a sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon. Now let's skip down to verse 19. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattocks, his axe, and his sickle. And the charge for a sharpening was a pim for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, and to set the points of the goads. So it came about on the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 13, with some background notes. The science of archaeology certainly backs up the truth of verse 19. Until the time of David, the Philistines had a monopoly on the iron technology. Brass and bronze were available, but these were not the greatest metals for swords and spears. So Israel had to go down to the Philistines to even get their tools and farming equipment sharpened. And they had to pay a high price for anything that could possibly be used as a weapon, such as a mattox or pickaxe. So Israel was not only outnumbered by the Philistines when they faced each other in battle, but they had inferior weapons as well. Verse 22 says that only King Saul and his son Jonathan had decent weapons. Now you will notice that if you read verse 1 in various translations, there are some significant differences. The King James Version reads, Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel... The New American Standard Version reads, Saul was 40 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 32 years over Israel. The New International Version reads, Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. So why all the different translations? Answer, because in the early manuscripts of Samuel, there are some missing numbers. And in the later manuscripts of Samuel, there are different numbers, so we can't be sure exactly how this verse should read. Also in verse 5, 
Some translations read that the Philistines had 30,000 chariots, and some translations read that they had 3,000 chariots. Again, this is because of different readings in various manuscripts. Manuscripts, by definition here, are handwritten copies before the time of the printing press. So what's the story here? Most likely, the correct number in verse 5 is 3,000 chariots to go along with the 6,000 horsemen. Now, don't get the idea that the Bible is filled with these kinds of variations. No, they are relatively few, and they don't affect doctrine. And certainly more we could say at this point for background, but let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 13. Doctrinal point number one, disobeying the Lord is never justified by circumstances. Disobeying the Lord is never justified by circumstances. Verses 6 through 12. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people following him trembling. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, And that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. We read in verse 5 that the Philistines assembled together to fight against Israel. They had thousands of chariots and cavalry, and they had an army that looked like the sand on the seashore in number. They were camped in Michmash, less than 10 miles away from King Saul's capital at Gibeah. Meanwhile, Saul had summoned the Israeli army to Gilgal down in the Jordan Valley. But Israel was hopelessly outnumbered, with no chariots or cavalry. Furthermore, Israel didn't have any weapons. Only Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear, as we saw in verse 22. About all Israel had to use as weapons were their farm implements, their pitchforks and pickaxes. As a result of these odds, the men of Israel were scared. We read in verse 6 that they hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. And in verse 7, we read that a number of them went AWOL. They ran away across the Jordan River to the hills of Gad and Gilead. Now, in view of these discouraging circumstances, Saul felt that he had to do something before he lost his whole army. Unfortunately, he took matters into his own hands and disobeyed the Lord. We see in verse 8 that King Saul was to wait for the prophet Samuel to come down to Gilgal and offer sacrifices to the Lord before going out to battle. We know from chapter 10, that Saul was told by Samuel in no uncertain terms that he was to wait. I'm reading 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 8. There the prophet Samuel said to Saul, 
Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. 1 Samuel 10, verse 8. But Saul disobeyed and did not wait for Samuel and wrongly offered the sacrifices himself. Disobedience is never justified because of circumstances. Notice how Saul blamed everything but himself for his disobedience in verses 11 and 12. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. How about that for an excuse? I felt compelled. I forced myself. Can you believe it? Disobeying the Lord is never justified by circumstances. And yet I know Christians who will cheat in many areas of their Christian lives because of circumstances. They will even use the same excuse as King Saul. I was compelled or forced to compromise because of circumstances. Listen, disobeying the Lord is never justified by circumstances. Doctrine point number two. Disobeying the Lord results in loss of status. Disobeying the Lord results in loss of status. Verses 13 through 18. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. Saul, Jonathan, his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Michmash. Then raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned onto the road to Aphra, to the land of Shuel. Another company turned to the road to Beth Horon. And another company turned to the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. King Saul had started out well as the first king of Israel. But now his dynasty and kingdom would be set aside. Why? Because of disobedience. Disobedience results in loss of status. Verse 13. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. And verse 14. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Saul was told that he would be replaced with a man after God's own heart. Obviously, this refers to David. We read in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And after God removed Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Acts 13, 22. As Saul was removed from his responsible position because of disobedience, so too will we suffer loss of status in God's kingdom when we disobey. This applies to both our responsibilities as the Lord's servants now, as well as our rewards in the Lord's kingdom on this earth in the future. Disobeying the Lord results in loss of status. Now, let me ask you, 
Are there any areas of your life right now where you are disobeying the Lord? Now is the time to confess your sin and start obeying the Lord because disobeying the Lord results in loss of status. Now what about practical application from 1 Samuel chapter 13? Give credit where credit is due. Give credit where credit is due. In verse 3 we read, And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. This was quite an act of courage on the part of Jonathan and the men under him. But now look at what we read in verse 4. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines. Apparently Saul took credit for Jonathan's victory over the Philistines. Saul refused to give credit where credit was due. And as we follow the life of King Saul, we find that more and more he wanted to take all the credit for himself because of his pride. When David killed Goliath, Saul became insanely jealous when Israel began to sing David's praises. Saul refused to give credit where credit was due. Now what about us? Watch out for your pride, which always wants you to take credit for yourself. It could be a sign of a coming downfall. Don't take credit for what you did not do. Give credit where credit is due.